Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker. And this is where the culture meets scripture. So excited, y'all. I have an amazing show ahead for you guys. First, we're going to start it off by getting into the featured song for this episode, which is our song, Swedish Trap, from our album, Grace and Vanity which is available on all digital outlets. Then from there, I do want to share a message with you guys that I had the opportunity of sharing with my church during our New Year's Eve service, dealing with overcoming deception and the importance of being rooted in Christ. Really a dope message. And then from there, we're going to hop into the topic of Christians and recreational marijuana use. What does the Bible say about it? Does the Bible even have anything to say about it? Is it a sin? Is it okay? Like, how are we to deal with this as Christians? But listen, let's hop into the featured song. This is our song, Swedish Trap. Like a girl with nice game Seductive words, nice, nice frame Yeah, she's the sweetest trap She leads men to hell and won't bring them back They lay in bed, head on her pillow While she seduced to kill like a black widow She makes men high off the gifts and talents Got fame and riches, no need to panic So no need for a savior, ego gigantic Like I won't fall asleep, but really Titanic Titanic well, the Titanic sunk But the praise of this world, off body's drunk He's high-minded, so far from sober He thinks that he's king, got Jehovah Cause she promised him everything to take control So for everything, for everything he sold his soul And she promised me Everything like cause and mansions And everything I wanted She lied to me, yeah She's so attractive She led my soul straight to hell And she left me right there She's so sweet Yet so deceptive at the same time Gassed him up, now he's Lord She gave him fame, plaques on walls, many awards Paparazzi shoot him in public, the fans love it She lied and told him he's God, so no fear of judgment Nothing money can buy, he's living a lie, don't blow his high His heaven's on earth, but hell when he dies The tricks are treats, so he's in love with tricks Cause the tricks make him famous and pockets rich She says forget truth, long as it gets you paid You can make your own truth and make people slaves In their hearts graves, where they bury Christ So live how you feel, forget his will, it's your life Now my head swollen, pride high, humility gone I only answer to myself, she built me a throne But I heard a voice tell me hell will have my soul If I live to please this girl, world truth be told She promised me Everything like cars and mansions And everything I wanted She lied to me, yeah She's so attractive She led my soul straight to hell And she left me right there Da-da-da-da-da Da-da-da-da-da Da-da-da-da-da
the Lord, saints. What Matt didn't tell y'all was I was his accountability partner, and we went in together on the weight thing. And, um, <laughs> you know, we started out real strong. You know, we, we talked like almost every day. And I called Matt, man, how you doing? Oh, man, I worked out, you know. Man, I went to the gym already, eating great. And um, that second week, though, That's when the tone changed and, and you know, but, but I'm saying all this to say, <laughs> if you really want change, you have to change your habits and your environment. You know, we can, we can come in. I don't want to be one of the people that come here every New Year's service and shout, dance, lip service, oh, New Year, new me. And it just, it doesn't go past my lips. You know, I still believe Jesus saves. I still believe that Jesus is the only way. I still believe in contending for the faith. And it's time to cut out distractions. It's time to stop listening to people who encourage you to get your identity in everything but Christ. And it's time, like Mo and Matt said, it's time to get a solid foundation in the word. Mo mentioned the scripture, 1 Timothy 4 and 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Those that know me, like the last few years, I've been having dialogues with, with multiple people, numerous amount of people who have left the faith, who have left Christianity, former musicians, former ushers, former preachers, who, who once named the name of Christ, but now are no longer a part of the fold. And one of the things that I realize is that we have to make sure we have a foundation in Christ for ourselves. I praise God for our pastor. Amen. I praise God for our pastor who prays for us diligently, who gets in the scriptures for us diligently to bring us a rich word every week. But listen, I cannot depend on Pastor Marvin's walk to validate my walk. When we die and stand before God, He's not going to say, oh, your pastor was Pastor Marvin. Come right in. <laughs> it don't work like that. It don't matter how much your grandmama pray. It doesn't matter who your parents are. If you don't know Jesus for yourself, it does not matter we open listen to me we open ourselves up to the spirit of deception when we take on the mindset that it does not take all of that when it comes to praying and fasting it doesn't take all of that when it comes to killing sin in our lives it doesn't take all of that and we've messed around with the, it don't take all of that mindset. And we've allowed pop culture to define what it means to be a Christian for us and not the Bible. We think because people have huge followings and great influence that, oh, God is blessing them. But Jesus said, what does it profit to gain recognition or what does it profit to gain the world but lose your soul? Some of the most popular people are entertaining us while they're on their way to hell. Jesus. 
But we, 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 we conform to the trends of the day in the popularity contest. And so we begin to adopt a Christianity that is not rooted in scripture. And we begin to listen to these famous trendy preachers that, and they begin to say things like, oh, hell isn't real. We're under grace now. You, you don't have to strive to, to live holy. You don't have to walk in repentance anymore. And people are going crazy on the screen like they're on a game show. Come on down. Get a word. And we just eat it up. And we, we're entertained by things that we should be grieved by. And listen, I, I, I understand that it is important for us to be balanced as Christians. But being balanced doesn't mean being lukewarm. We, we've, con, we've confused balance with being lukewarm. We can praise and worship Sunday morning. Cry, cry to our tear ducts are dry and swing from the chandeliers and say, God, I worship you, I exalt you on Sunday and on Monday we're celebrating entertainment and art that literally contradicts the praise that we had the day before. We're celebrating things that we should be like, man. That should motivate us to share our faith, but instead we're busy being distracted because we're entertained when we should be stirred up in our spirits. And so we say things like, don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. Yet, Jesus prayed, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't get no more heavenly minded than that. <laughs> and so I would submit something to you. Maybe we see parents killing their kids and kids killing their parents because we aren't heavenly minded enough. Maybe we see divorce on the rise because we're not heavenly minded enough. Maybe we're bound by sin and the private sins that we were ashamed to, uh, to confess to our brothers and that they may pray for us, that we may be healed because we're not heavenly minded enough. And so what I'm understanding is that true balance isn't giving God a Sunday or a Wednesday, but giving God everything. That means I'm going to worship on Sunday, I'm going to bless his name. And if, I, and if I go flip burgers on Monday, I'm flipping burgers to the glory of God. I'm cleaning toilets to the glory of God. I'm starting that business to the glory of God. It is important that we have a foundation. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 says, This know also that in the last days... Perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady minded. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof. From such turn away. You can't be connected to people who are not connected to God. Listen. And I'm not saying that, hey, you got to live in a bubble. How will we share our faith with people? Right. But I have to set some I have to set some limits and a standard in my life. If I'm not reaching you 
after a while, if I don't separate my, my ways, it's going to begin to conform to your ways. So I have to set some standards because I can't have confidence in Gabe. I can't have confidence in my flesh. I don't trust me. The Bible doesn't say trust in yourself with all your heart and lean to your. It says trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. And so some of us may be finding ourselves on the fence because we've been leaning to our own heart. But my Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Scriptures never tell us to trust in our heart. It says give it to God. Give it to God. And we have to start putting in the work to study to show ourselves to be approved. And I'm going to say this and I'm done. In Acts chapter 17, in verse 16, Paul steps into Athens. Athens is a place full of idolatry, full of false god worship. They're doing everything. It kind of reminds me, America kind of reminds me of a modern day Athens in the direction that it's going. Because there's so many different beliefs in gods. People are just getting full off of knowledge, but not, not, not submitting to the knowledge of Christ, though. And so Paul steps on the scene, and the Bible says that he observed the idolatry in the land. And the Bible says that he was stirred up in his spirit. And he began to contend for the faith daily in the marketplace and in the, and in the synagogues. And, and, and towards the end of the chapter, it talks about how there was, there was those that made fun of him. See, sometimes when we get uncomfortable and people start laughing at us for, for taking a stance, we become uncomfortable. And we say, man, it was more comfortable fitting in with the masses. But see, Paul's passion and his burden wasn't from himself. It was from the Holy Ghost. You got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because there comes a boldness that isn't from you. There comes a boldness that says, if, the, if everybody is against me, so what? If the world is against me, who can be against me if he is for me? And, he said, and the Bible says he became stirred up in his spirit. And he observed the idolatry in the land. And he began, began to contend for the faith. And they began to talk crazy about him. But the last verse... It says, and devout men and women begin to follow Paul's doctrine. Listen, I'm going to leave you with this. You can't be stirred up or grieved and entertained at the same time. Perhaps we're not heavenly minded enough and the things that we should be grieved by, we're busy being entertained by it. And so now we're off of our post because the, we, we, we can't, the devil doesn't have to persecute a church that's compromised. We have brothers and sisters right now in China suffering persecution proudly, proudly. Like, man, what a privilege to be persecuted for our Lord and Savior because they're taking a stance. But here I would submit one of our one of our snares in America is our comfort. And if we follow Jesus, one of the first things that he says is if you're going to come after me, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. God bless you. Beautiful. Call me crazy, call me insane. I'm just bold enough to believe that God is raising up a generation, a remnant that cares more about His glory than they do their friends. A stage, awards. Shame of the past.
Yeah, so let's let's hop right into it. Christians and recreational marijuana use. Is it a sin? Is it does the Bible even say anything about this topic? And so this is a this is a hot topic I've been seeing pop up amongst Christians on social media and within the church for a while now. You know, here in Michigan, we just became the first state in the Midwest to actually legalize recreational marijuana use. And so, you know, I've been hearing this topic off and on. But before before I hop into recreational marijuana, I want to make something clear. I am not talking about medical marijuana. I don't even want to focus on medical marijuana, though I do believe it has a purpose. That's not what this show is about. (laughs) So I just want to clear that up. And so I want to focus solely on a biblical worldview as it relates to recreational marijuana use. Like you, you at the barbecue, at the family barbecue, and they light up and you say, pass me the joint. <laughs> or you're chilling with your friends and, and y'all just chilling at, at a get together or at a party. And you're like, hey, man, light, light one up. Like I'm dealing specifically with recreational use. Uses outside of medical reasoning or, or medical advice. Just I want to clear that up because I know I know whenever this topic comes up, people come in. Well, man, my back. The doctor prescribed me. I'm not talking about you. (laughs) I'm not talking about you, brother. I'm not talking about you, sister. I want to specifically talk about medical marijuana, uh, not medical. See, I just goodness. I want to specifically talk about recreational weed use and what. I believe the Bible says about it. And so I'm not really interested in having this conversation or debating with people who put more energy in trying to classify worldliness and sin as Christian liberty. It's like in in this day and age, especially with social media, it seems like men, more Christians are fighting to make things Christian liberties. Oh, men, we can just we can cuss, cuss long as you have the right intention in your heart. Cuss like we, we're, we're fighting. I see I see Christians fighting for things to make things OK that the Bible is clear about. And so I'm not interested in, in, in really dialoguing or debating with people who fight to make things gray and not clear. And, and that's not to say that certain issues don't have gray areas. And when I say gray, I'm not saying that the Bible does not speak definitively to every issue in our life. But when I speak of gray is when we're talking about certain issues motive does play a part in in certain issues and then there are things that are just straight up sin for example like fornication and adultery and so i just wanted to clear that up i'm learning that a lot of maturing in christ has to do with going from a mindset that says what can i get away with to a mindset that is fixed on how can i please god like, I don't approach the Bible or, or social media with the mindset as a believer, like, man, what what can I get away with today? How close can I get to the line and still be good and it not be called sin? And what I'm learning about most professing Christians that have this mindset is that they really don't care about God's holiness. They really don't care about sanctification and actually walking out a lifestyle that reflects the the confession and the profession that was made when they first confessed putting trust in Jesus Christ. And so I I don't want to I don't want to try to convince somebody who has their mind made up. Is what I'm saying. I really believe that the, the Christians 
and recreational weed use topic is bigger than just weed. I think we lose I think we lose when we try to make it an issue of Christian liberty. I actually believe the Bible is very clear. But whenever I have this conversation with people, you know, because I always I always see or hear Christians say, well, what where does the where does the Bible say that smoking weed is a sin? Where what what scripture? And and whenever I have this topic, I I, I always say, man, I think we have to first start with the importance of being sober. And what the Bible actually says about the importance of being sober. The Bible doesn't suggest that we be sober. That's the first thing I want to be clear on. Being sober is a commandment that the Lord instructs us to be. What does sober mean? Being sober mean? It means to be aware. It means to be sound in judgment, not intoxicated, not distracted. Not just being focused on anything, but specifically being focused on obeying and glorifying God. And so the Bible, if we look at first Peter chapter five, verse eight, the apostle Peter says, be sober minded, be watchful. And then he goes on to tell us why. He says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So who is the enemy looking for? Peter lets us know that the enemy is looking for the individual who is distracted, the individual who is not sober, the individual who is intoxicated, the individual who is high. And, and let me be clear. When I say this, I'm not just dealing with substance abuse now. Some of you think when I'm saying this, I'm primarily dealing with weed and, and alcohol. Those are not the only things that, that threaten our sobriety. Those aren't the only things that threaten us. Some of us have the wrong people in our ear. Some of us are taking the wrong advice or or following people, people's advice who are not really focused on pleasing God, who are not really focused on trying to live a Christian lifestyle. This is why the Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor sitteth, nor standeth in the way of sinners and sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Listen, when you're, they, I'm trying to stress this. Alcohol and drugs aren't the only thing that take our sobriety. It's just one of the things. And so Peter's saying, be sober minded, be watchful. I cannot be those things when I'm lighting one up or eating some edibles. Matthew 26, verse 41. I'm trying to help somebody out here today, church. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know where that came from. But Matthew 26, verse 41. Jesus says, watch and pray. Watch. There go that word again. Speaks directly to being sober. Watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Jesus is literally telling us when we don't watch, when we're not sober, we will fall into temptation. In the Hebrew, the word watch here is gregoreo, which means to give strict attention to, to be cautious and active. And so Jesus is saying, be cautious, give strict attention to, lest you enter into temptation. How can I do that when I'm getting high? How can I do that when I'm getting drunk? 
And so I wanted to lay this foundation of what the Bible says about being sober. And there's plenty of more scriptures that deal with being attentive, being watchful. And this sobriety isn't a worldly sobriety. A lot of times we have a tendency to define biblical terms by worldly standards. A biblical sobriety isn't just not being drunk, but it is a focus that's directed on pleasing God. A focus in a mindset that's turned towards worshiping in spirit and in truth. A mindset of prayer, a mindset of worship, a mindset that meditates on his word day and night that we can be as a tree that's planted by a body of water. Hallelujah. I want to deal with with Galatians chapter five. So so when people say, man, where specifically does the Bible say that smoking weed is a sin? As if the scriptures that I just gave and the explanation I gave wasn't enough. Let's go a little deeper. Galatians chapter five, verse 16 through 21. The Apostle Paul, as he writes, as he's under the leading of the Holy Ghost, he begins to deal with the works of the flesh. And in verse 21, it, it, it talks about how I have told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So the people that walk in these things will not inherit the kingdom of God is is what is what Paul says. But in verse 16, he says this, I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the lust for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would so in other words the works of the flesh actually war against the spirit of God the works of the flesh war against the will of God for your life he goes on to say but if ye be led of the spirit you are not under the law now the works of the flesh are manifest or made clear which are these check this out adultery fornication uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, some of you may have just heard this and like, man, OK. I, I, I've read that. I, I see it. I hear it. But where, where does it deal with weed or drugs? Well, if we look at verse 21, it says witchcraft. It lists it lists witchcraft as one of the works of the fl flesh. And say, and some of us are like already like, man, what does witchcraft has to have to do with weed? Well, in the original Greek, the term here that is used is actually pharmakia. It's where we get the term pharmacy from. It means drug administering. And so just to give you some historical context, the reason why Paul refers to it as witchcraft because there's literally no difference. In those times, the people would take drugs um, and potions to, to get them high, and then the, the soothsayers and the sorcerers would cast spells on, on the people. 
And so these people, by way of drugs, uh, Paul is literally letting us know that when you when you use drugs and, and continually get high. That you open yourself up. For demonic oppression or possession, and I think this is right in line with first Peter five and eight, where he says where P Peter says, be sober minded. Watch and be watchful for your adversary, who the devil. He lets us know that the devil preys on people who are not sober. And so here in Galatians, this is this is so deep in Galatians five and 20. Paul calls drug admin, administering. He, he doesn't make a separation between witchcraft and using drugs. Because when you when you are using drugs and this doesn't just apply to weed, but when you are getting high. You are literally opening yourself up. To demonic oppression and possession. What is witchcraft? There are different forms of witchcraft, but what is it in a nutshell? Witchcraft is consulting demonic spirits. Witchcraft is submitting to demonic oppression or possession, and it is a form of idolatry. What is idolatry? Idolatry is trying to worship God the way you prescribe and not the way he prescribes. Idolatry is ultimately the worship of self. And so he he deals with drugs. And drugs is associated with sorcery and witchcraft. And now now I can hear people already saying, well, man, I just smoke weed when I'm watching Netflix, man. I ain't I'm not I'm not casting no spells or nothing. But here's the thing. Some of us are demonically oppressed and some of us may even be possessed and we and we don't even realize it. Because we've become so comfortable with the demons that we are entertaining. Like we'll sit down and now now I'm dealing with the 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 sorcery part because there's so much witchcraft and demonic um agendas and, and doctrines being put in these movies in in the music where the artists are literally telling you it's okay to be gay they're literally telling you they're literally blaspheming God you know I see everybody talking about the movie uh, Bird Box which is basically a movie about the spirit of suicide being unleashed on the earth and killing everybody. Literally, that's what the movie is about. A demonic spirit of suicide killing people. Unleashed on the earth. And so we we're we're not even thinking like this, though. And so we're getting high. We're not sober now. And what are we doing? We're cutting on these movies. We're listening to this music that's that's blaspheming Jesus or or telling us to that that's the music that is encouraging us to dive into the lust of our flesh, the pride of life, the lust of our eyes. It's encouraging us to walk in greed, get your money, worshiping money, worshiping sex. And we're like, man, I don't. But but we're standing back because we're not sober now. We're not focused on God's word. And so now we're looking at this stuff like, man, I don't see the devil. I don't see where spells are being cast. And we don't realize we're entertaining it and all this stuff that we're partaking in while we're high. And so now some of us and, I, and I'm just painting a picture for you. Now, some of us. Are wondering why we why we're addicted to pornography man I can't I, I talked to so many different guys since our song the night about their struggles with pornography and we're wondering why we're while we're battling unforgiveness and bitterness some of us wonder why we're bound by depression 
Some of us have even had suicidal thoughts. These things are not of God. The Bible tells us how to think. Paul says, whatever is of good report, what is what is what is ever pure and a virtue? He says, think on these things. But we can't even focus on those type of things because we're depositing. Demonic things into our mindset. Because we're not sober. Hopefully this is making sense for somebody, I pray. And so Paul, he refers to drug use as witchcraft is it's it's witchcraft and then verse 21 he goes even further in verse 21 where it says drunkenness in the original greek the actual term is methe methe it's where we get methamphetamine it means to be intoxicated and not sober Come on, man. The Bible is out cold. Slap your neighbor and say the Bible is out cold. <laughs> it's all here. And so he's constantly warning us. The Bible is constantly encouraging us not to be distracted, not to be not to give place to the devil. Listen, I. I'm a deliverance preacher. I believe in calling demons out. I believe in casting demons out. And I know this goes against some of you guys' theology. Some of you guys believe that this type of stuff doesn't happen today and that it ended with the apostles. Some of us have become so intellectual that we're not spiritual when it comes to these type of things. But demons are still operating today the way they were operating thousands of years ago. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through four lets us know, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. In other words, we don't fight demons with our fists. We don't fight demons with guns and grenades and rocket launchers. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians chapter six, verse 11 through 13. It says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Remember, Satan met with the sons of God in heaven in Job and God presented Job to, to Satan. Verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand Firm. The Bible lets us know that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And without me getting too descriptive, I know people who have had demons cast out of them by the power of Jesus Christ, where the devil or demons were allowed to come in because they were getting high or they were getting drunk. They were living according to their flesh, as the Bible says. And I know of young people who are oppressed by demons, who hear voices at night and are tormented, but they're not willing to let go of weed. And they have no desire for the Bible. And some of you guys, even as I'm talking about this, you know, you can start identifying little things in your life like, man, that's man. Maybe I opened up the door for the enemy to bring this into my life. Maybe I'm wrestling with this because I haven't been sober. I haven't been submitted to the things of God. And so I want to look at what the Bible. So, so we've established that getting high and drunk are listed as a work of the flesh, just like fornication and adultery 
and the other things. But what does the Bible say we are to do with our flesh or the works of the flesh? Let's go a little further. Romans 8 and 13 says, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the spirit of God do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. What does that word mortify mean? It means to purify, to make clean your deeds. That means if I'm living as a Christian and I'm and I'm and I'm partaking or doing things that are against God's word. I kill it. I repent. I surrender to the plan and will of God. So if I have a foul mouth, if I have a lying tongue, I stop lying. Hallelujah. If I have bitterness in my heart, I submit that bitterness to God and, and I say, God, remove it. Forgive me for every sin. And I have to make sure that I'm not making deposits in myself that strengthens my flesh. Some of us are wrestling with it's crazy how some people can wrestle with depression or suicide. And then when you look at the music in the movies that they're watching, those things glorify depression and suicide. And we call ourselves being able to relate to a person. You don't want to always be able to relate to the wrong thing. Relating to something is not the same as getting free from it. I'm going to say that again. Relating to something is not the same as getting free from it. I want to be able to relate to you, cool, but I also want you to tell me how you got free. That's if you are free. And so he says in Romans 8, mortify by the spirit, mortify the deeds of the body. Deal with your flesh. Deal with your flesh. How do I deal with my flesh by the way of the spirit? By submitting to God's word. The Bible says submit unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Or it might be vice versa. Resist, resist the devil. Submit to God. It says that. <laughs> but submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Colossians 3 chapter Colossians chapter 3 verse 5. I pray that this is helping you. Mortify, there's that word again. Mortify therefore your members. When it says members, it's referring to your body. Your body parts in your body. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil consumptions, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And so the Bible is constantly telling us to mortify, mortify, deal with your flesh. And, and, I, and I've said this before in previous shows that, man, we're going to deal with our flesh till Jesus, till Jesus comes back. I'm not perfect, even as a Christian, far from it. But I'll tell you what, I know that I'm free and free indeed. Hallelujah. I'm justified by faith through the blood of Jesus. And that that is not license for me to now walk in the desires of my flesh or walk in sin. But the spirit of God works in us of his good pleasure and and so we have to be submitted to God's spirit submitted to the word of God and the Lord will begin to deal with the areas in our life that are not like him areas where we are opening the the door for the enemy to come in doors doors Areas where we're opening doors for the enemy to oppress us and cause us to be depressed. And so I pray this 
has been a help for you guys. I pray that you are encouraged in the Lord. And listen, I want to I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear your questions. I want to hear your concerns. I want to hear your comments. I want to hear how this show has been a blessing to you. I want you to go to Path of Revelation now dot com. You can peep out some of the content and resources that we have for your walk. But also you can leave a message. You can leave prayer requests, questions, suggestions for future segments and topics that you would like to hear addressed on the show. And listen, I want you guys to 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 take to heart everything that I said this show, because I think this is serious. I think sometimes we try we try to justify things that we're not willing to give up. We, we try to justify things that we're not willing to give up for the Lord. And so I want I want to I want to encourage you to go deeper in the things of God. And this is not about legalism. This is about walking according to the spirit. You've been tuned in to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker. And yes, this is where the culture meets scripture.